most memorable moment of covering the Sixers in ten, over 10 years. Hmm. We'll talk about that and more when we get right back. You are locked on 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Thanks for making Locked On 76ers your first listen. Great podcast. You can get a lot of stuff. Next week, it'll be me and my man, Divine Givens. This is Keith Pompey coming at you today. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the show. Solo flow. That's what I'm going to call it. Solo flow today. But, hey, what I was talking to you guys about is that I've been covering the 76ers for 10 years. 10 years. And uh, I was... Today, I was just sitting back thinking, like, Keith, what was your best moment of, at first I said the process, but you know what? I don't like just lumping the process in because to me, the process was, you know, for a couple years, you know, I know they tanked for a little while, but then all of a sudden, you know, we don't want to admit that this team became good all of a sudden, right? And, And the reason why... Guys like Brett Brown and, and Doc Rivers lately recently lost their jobs is because they couldn't get them out of the second round. The process was all about tanking for draft picks, acquiring picks, and developing talent, right? But then I felt like Ben Simmons' rookie year, the year when he was actually playing on the court, when they first made the playoffs, that was um, is when, in my opinion, is when the process was over. So, but when I think about my most memorable moment, you know, I got to go with, you know, I, I have to say that it was two of them. The first time was that year that we just talked about when they first went to the playoffs. And I remember they played the Miami Heat in the first round of the playoffs. Ben Simmons' rookie year. Um, that's the year where they had uh, Ersan Ilovasova. I'm going to say 2017 is when they had Ersan Ilovasova, I believe 2017. If I'm wrong, uh, I feel really bad about it. It might have been. 2018. I'm not, I'm getting the years mixed up, but um, might've been 2017, but 2017, 2018. I'm sorry. I don't have it ahead of me in front of me, but anyway, so that's when they picked up Marco Bellinelli and, and Ersan Ilovasova, right? And so that year was memorable to me because, you know, I went from a couple years prior to seeing them just win 10 games. I mean, they literally went 10 and 72, right? And then from there, like a couple years later, they they made it to the playoffs and they beat the Miami Heat. It was a, a great ride. And then they go to the playoffs 
and they and they lost to the Boston Celtics, right? That was 2018. I was wrong. Not 2017. That was 2018. They lost to the Boston Celtics in, in five games, a gentleman sweep. But to me, that was the time when you saw the real the transformation. I mean, you know, you go from the team is like just totally trash to whereas the excitement came back, right? That was phenomenal as far as the transition. The thing is, though, it was like when they lost in the second round and they lost the um, the Boston Celtics, you know, you said to yourself, like, all right, they're going to get better. I mean, because you remember, it was like they were, that's when they started going star hunting to get a third star to play with Ben Simmons and, and Joel Embiid. So that was it. The second great time that I felt like the Sixers had on an era me covering them was, um, I hate to say it, and they were chipped. It was not the pandemic, but it was uh, it was the year after the pandemic. Now, the pandemic, they were phenomenal, too. And unfortunately, they go into pandemic, they lose four games, they get swept. But that 2020-2021 season, because you look at this team, and that was the first time since 2001 that they were the top seed in the East. And that was a lot of excitement around that team. Unfortunately for that team, it was kind of like parts of the season's fans couldn't go to the games. You know, they were playing in empty arenas. It was like to the fans, I felt bad for the fans because I felt like they were a little gypped, right? I felt like they were gypped. But again, that had a heartbreaking ending as well. They lost in seven games to the Atlanta Hawks. And that started the whole Ben Simmons passing up the layup, Joel Embiid in game seven. Uh, ben Simmons passed up the layup in game seven against the Hawks. Joel Embiid had like eight turnovers. Matisse Thibel fouled a three-point shooter, and they lost to the Hawks um, in seven games in the second round. So both of those moments to me personally, that 2018 making the playoffs in 2021 when they had the number one seed in the East. Those were two big moments to me in regards to uh, Sixers history and in regards to the the 10 years that I was covering the team. When we get back, when I, before, you know, I'm gonna, when I get back to y'all, I got to talk to y'all about the worst moments that I had <laughs> the worst moment that I had covering this team. And it probably wasn't the worst one, but it was the one that really said, yo, it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough, Keith. It's really going to be rough covering this team. It really is. So look, buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful. Game time is fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best, best prices guaranteed, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have, right? So game time, I like it because, you know, you get tickets at the last minute. Everything's fun. Go to the movies, you know, go go to a game, do whatever you got to do, go to a show. Everything is great, right? So forget planning months in advance. 
Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The Game Time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. You can't beat that, right? You can't beat that. So what do you do is you go snag a ticket without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for 20% off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LOCKEDONNBA for 20% off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. So, you know, we all talk about, we talked about the great times, right, for the process. And now I want to talk to y'all about the bad times, right? So when my first year covering the beat was the 2013-14 season, it was crazy because you get a new general manager, Sam Hinkie. You had to get a new coach. We didn't know who the coach was going to be. Well, actually, it was linked out the leak that Brett Brown was going to be the coach. They were interviewing all these people, this and that. But then, like, ah, then it finally happened, right? So you think in that year it was crazy. Then the next year, it's like you hear people saying, hey, they're going to tank again. Like, to me, they're going to tank again. <laughs> no, nah, you're just joking, right? They're going to tank again? So I remember it was a preseason game. And it was they they opened up the preseason against Boston that second year. And the product was so bad. And we're talking about the preseason. The product was so bad that I went on a left my seat and walked, did a lap around the concourse in the first quarter. And I was like, do I really want to continue covering this team? Because I'm telling y'all, it was bad. The product was bad. And I'm talking about before they went 10 and 20, 10 and 72. This team was horrible. Like sometimes, and and you know, it was crazy. Like, I mean, I remember there was times when they would have players, right? And players will come out, and it was like they were just cutting people. So every day you went to shoot around or you went to practice, you were always looking in the gym to see who the who if there was a new guy there. I mean, always. You always were just like boom, 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 trying to see who was new. So, you know, one day it was this guy. I'm going to just tell you all a story. So they were playing a team. And you got this new dude and a new guy <laughs> comes out and he says, now at this time, Brett Brown used to always just throw people in the, in the game. Like, I mean, they would just sign guys off the street. And next thing you know, like they would show up that morning, they would go to shoot around. And then all of a sudden they would be in the game that night. So this one dude, he said to him, I said, hey, so you got a nickname? Yeah, man. They call me Hassle. They call you Hassle. Why they call you Hassle? Oh, man, because I'm, I'm a Hassle on D. You're like, oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so the game comes at night. They put Hassle in the game. 
Hassel is defending somebody. Pretty good player. Dude goes bloop, bloop, bloop. Grove goes by him and like dumps the ball. Right? So you're like, oh, Hassel. So Hassel is like, all right, all right, all good. Confy, conquer, um, cocky, confident. Comes down, he dribbles, he dribbles, shoots the air ball three. Brett Brown calls timeout Hassel's game. Uh, he played again, but he ain't played the rest of that night. That was it. That was it. So those are some of the stories that, you know, that you saw while you were covering this team, like early on. Um, you know, I remember when they had the 26-game losing streak. That was tough. That was in the first season. The 10-72 and 72 season was kind of rough because I didn't think that they thought the product was going to be that bad. I mean, even believe it or not, that 10 and 70, they didn't lose 26 games in a row that year. But the product was so bad um, to where, you know, it led to, you know, Sam Hinkie basically losing his job, resigning. Well, that and also Jalil Okafor incidents and, and all, all that. But it was crazy. I'm here to tell you. I mean, it was tough. And as much as we talk about, the Sixers' inability to get out of the second round, at least the product that they have, and you have to say this, you got to give them credit. They come, they've come, they come a long way. I mean, I remember how it used to be bad. I mean, people forget. Um, when they would go on the road, they used to get laughed at. It was a joke, man. People used to clown them all the time, all the time. And, uh, you know, you kind of felt bad for him in a way. But, you know, some of these guys were guys who got opportunities to play for the Sixers who wouldn't have had opportunities to play for any other team. You know, some of them made a knockout of it, like, you know, and not that they were scrubs or anything like that or, or, or made, a, made a name for themselves. Like, you know, a good guy, T.J. McConnell, came here during the process, an undrafted rookie free agent. Made a lot of pretty good money and a great career. He left him and went to Indiana. You know, Robert Covington had a, a phenomenal career. Like, you know, we're talking about guys who were undrafted dudes who basically made a name for themselves. And Robert Covington, you know, he was waived by the Houston Rockets and uh, the Sixers picked him up. Um, he was playing for the uh, Rio Grand Valley Vipers. They picked him up. So there was a couple guys, several guys rather, who went there and, and, and made it. Look at Jeremy Grant still playing in this league today. You know, he was a um, a second round pick for the Sixers, you know. So they had a lot of guys who, who went on and did phenomenal things. You know, for
know, we talk about a lot of guys. We talked about Jeremy Grant, and we talked about Robert Covington. We talked about um, T.J. McConnell. You know, I, I think when you look back at it, the one guy that got away, who got away, and and I think was a turned out to be the worst decision that the 76ers made was basically trading Jeremy Grant to OKC. You know, I mean, when you look at Jeremy Grant, Jeremy Grant is set to make, people are saying, five years, $150 million extension with the Portland Trailblazers. Jeremy Grant has since gone on to become an Olympic gold medalist. He should have been the most improved player a couple of years ago. I mean, Jeremy Grant was an undersized powerful beforehand who was known at just defending people, really athletic, who turned out to be the leading scorer for the Detroit Pistons a couple of years by playing small forward. Um, he reinvented himself, and I got to give John Townsend a lot of credit. John Townsend was a former shooting coach here. The, probably the best shooting coach they had, seriously. The best shooting coach the Sixers ever had since I've been covering the team. Um, a guy that Ben Simmons, he, he worked on Ben Simmons' shot when Ben Simmons was making three throws in the playoffs and doing all this. That was the guy. And then, for whatever reason, Ben decided to hire his brother, and and everything went downhill, right? But Jeremy Grant is a guy who knew how important John Townsend was. And Jeremy Grant was a guy, a guy who to this day, he still works with John Townsend, right? John Townsend is a consultant. He's a consultant now for the Detroit uh, Pistons and other teams. And he works out players and stuff like that. And I'm telling you, you look at Jeremy and uh, there's been a lot of guys they let go now. Like, I mean, and, and I know talking about Mikel Bridges, a lot of people say, why did they trade trade him? There was a couple other guys who did well. But when we talk about second round value and a guy who's went on and become a phenomenal player, I mean, I still think to this day, getting rid of Jeremy Grant was just a bad thing. Just bad decision. And yeah, I get it. Like some people saying they won the earth sign. Other people were saying like, no, that ain't the reason, you know, Jeremy spoke up for himself. There was a time like people forget there was a, they had a woman who it was like, um, they wanted her to sing the national anthem and she had a shirt and people didn't agree with the shirt and they asked her not to sing. And Jeremy took offense to it. And next thing you know, Jeremy was gone, right? Jeremy was really active, still is, and he speaks his mind. And I'm telling you, that might have been one of the worst moves. Now, again, we all know people talk about Jimmy Butler, this and that. But this was, I'm talking about, of the guys who were supposed to be the projects. Homegrown talent, process, so to speak. Getting rid of him might have been the worst decision they made. And some may disagree with me. And you have a you have your right, you have your opinion to to agree or disagree. But in my opinion, that was the worst decision they made. 
I want to thank y'all for listening. I want y'all to have a blessed day. And I'll chat with y'all tomorrow. And D will be back with me. Peace.